no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. to the Bears' Essentials. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 31-26 to 26 loss to the Lions and much more. What's good, Perez? Dub, man. I wish I had a good word for you. I'm glad that we waited another day to record this pod because yesterday I would have just been a, a yelling and screaming lunatic. Today I have a little bit more balance to me. The audience is going to get some actual analysis out of me instead of me just ranting and raving, which it's never good. Nobody wants to hear an hour of that bullshit, right? So to answer your question, A-Dub, I'm a lot better than I was yesterday. And it was tough to see the Bears take an L like that. I mean, we both knew that they were going to lose. I mean, we both predicted it in our in our predictions. However, the Bears continue, A-Dub, to just find ways. <laughs> this is like they create ways to lose games. And I'm like, where do they do that at? You control a game, 95% of the game, and you somehow still manage to lose the game. And we all knew it. We all felt it in that fourth quarter. No one felt comfortable. We kept kicking field goals. I was like, man, some bullshit going to happen. I just felt it. <laughs> Come on, A-Dub, you do. <laughs> it was in the air. It's tough to watch them lose like that, though, Perez. I mean, when you have the game in the bag, really, for the most part, and you just fold. But to have that type of meltdown in the fourth quarter, that's what's hard to accept. Listen, this head coach is winless against the NFC North. Ryan Poles up here talking about what he said, A-Dub. He want to take back the North. Yep. What are we doing? All we doing is taking it in the North. <laughs> False. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we ain't doing no dominating. We out here getting sunned, bro. This entire division is laughing at our asses. And to your point, when you have games like you had on Sunday, bro, the whole damn National Football League should be laughing at us. It's a joke. Matt Eberflus is a joke. This coaching staff was a joke. They wasted Justin Fields' return. Justin was solid out there, bro. You waste that return, man, with that nonsense that we saw. We deserve better, bro. When your coach is so accustomed to losing, he has that culture of losing DNA instilled in his team. And as you can see right now, bro, the Bears are so used to losing. And you hit it on the head, man. They found another way to lose the game. And to lose it in that type of fashion, you got to look at your head coach and say, what happened? And this is the thing. I was getting ready to give him props, bro, because the way that they played, they were dominating Detroit on all fronts, man. I thought, damn, this might be Ibufus' first big win as a coach of this team. Wrong. Right. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. And... This is another thing when it comes to this whole situation. Everybody wants to sit here, A-Dub, and talk to me about the draft. That's in our DMs. Every time we write an article, people are asking me about the draft. I don't fucking care about the draft right now. I'm so sick and worried about having top picks. Yeah, we we got right now, we got two picks in the top five. And when we get around to the draft time, I'm sure I'll feel different about it. But right now, I'm sick and tired of this losing, bro. And to your point, A-Dub, the culture has become about losing. 
It's the very thing that Roquan Smith was talking about. It's the very thing why David Montgomery was happy to get up out of here. Nobody wants to be a part of a losing organization. Matty Bafus is a loser. Foy Blink. He was a bad hire when the hire was made. I'm assuming that Ryan Pose, it probably wasn't even his guy. They probably said, this is the guy that you're going to hire, and he put the public face on it. This guy, if the if, if the Chicago Bears organization, their ownership, if they had any sort of backbone, A-Dub, Matt Eberflus would have been fucking fired this morning. But they don't. They're going to continue to keep trotting this guy out there. He's going to continue to keep embarrassing his organization, but they don't care. And you know why? And it's to the point that Martellus Bennett was making. It's because they know the fans are going to show up because we're loyal. They know the fans are going to tune in. They know the fans are going to buy the merchandise. But it's fucked up to sit here and not give us a winning product and not care about winning because you know that the fan base is going to be there to support the team. That's fucked up. Meanwhile, other teams out here in the league, A-Dub, they got ownership groups that are going for it, that are trying to compete, that are following the times. Everything that Martellus Bennett said in those tweets, he was 100% true on those. All we see here do is we talk about the 85 Bears. We glorify that shit. Brother, that was almost 40 years ago. We got to <laughs> let that shit go. I got to give Martellus Bennett his props for speaking out on this because he knows that looking at this team, the way they perform is unacceptable, of course. And then you look at the fan base who are very prideful. I love Chicago Bears fans. They go out, they support the team. Every single game, preseason as well, Perez. And you and I have gave this fan base a lot of props. If you're Ryan Poles, if you're Chicago Bears organization, that must stop. You got to give this team something to cheer for and root for, for all their hard work and effort they put into cheering for this team. Listen, A-Dub, what it comes down to is it comes down to an ownership group that all they care about is money. I've talked about that in the pod before. Yep. It's crystal clear, bro. And right now, they too busy with their heads up their asses, worried about this new stadium. And we got a whole 2023 season that's in the fucking shitter. Why don't we pay attention to what's going on currently? Fuck a stadium. So that's the thing. That stadium, all that's about is money. And they know that fan base, when they built that thing, whenever, whatever year it ends up going up, A-Dub, I hope right. I'm here to see it. But they know that we're going to show up. Yeah, the they fans, the fans definitely going to show up. That's without a doubt. That's tough, man, because at the end of the day, you still want to get this fan base something to work with, to see this team going the right direction. You and I have said before, we're not looking for this team to go to the playoffs this season, but we want them to be competitive, to play hard prayers, to put a good product out there to show that we are on the rise. But at this point, you're like, hey, we're still taking steps backwards. Still taking steps backwards, still too focused on the past. Now, trust me, A-Dub, I love when the former players come back and we pay homage to the former players. But guess what, man? At a certain point, we got to have an eye towards the future. And that's what Martellus Bennett was putting out there. And when I look at this ownership group, it's not enough of that. We're too nostalgic. It's nothing wrong with, with romanticizing the past. But you also got to be looking ahead a little bit. Can't always be looking behind you. Look behind you, you're tripping all over yourself, running into shit. Hey, <laughs> guess what we're doing, Aiden? We're running into a whole bunch of shit around here. And you're right, Perez. Times have changed. 
when you talk about the NFL and how these teams have been performing, who are playing well, who are at the elite level. And we got to catch up. And it seems like the past, what, five or six years, that's all we've been doing. But if you want to go further back than that, you can say ever since the 85 Bears. But this team, this franchise, still have been playing catch-up for decades. And that is unacceptable right there, Perez. No, I 100% agree. And this is the refreshing part about I'm going to bring up a non-Chicago Bears conversation. So, audience, if you don't care about the WNBA, then just don't pay attention for about 30 seconds. <laughs> but Teresa Weatherspoon, the new Chicago Sky head coach, a media member asked her a question about catching up. And she said to him, we don't catch up. She said, we set the pace. We set the trends. Mm. That's what I'm bringing in here. And to your point, A-Dub, when you were talking about the Bears, that's what I want. I want a head coach of this football team that's going to come in here and not be trying to play catch-up. Fuck trying to play catch-up. Because by the time you catch up to everybody, guess what they doing? They on to the next thing. Yep. So you always going to be a step behind. And that's been the story of these Chicago Bears. And this is the problem, bro. We got a defensive head coach in here who's ultra-conservative. Most of his situational coaching in that game on Sunday was atrocious. It was all conservative bullshit, coaching not to lose. Well, guess what happens when you coach that way? You still fucking lose. You don't have time to be coaching like that. He coaching A-Dub like this man's job is safe. <laughs> Your job ain't safe, fam. What we doing? If I know that my job is on the line, bro, I'm over here like, man, I'm like, shit. I'm airing it out. I don't give a fuck. I'm going for it on fourth and whatever the fuck. Y'all going to fire me anyway. I'm about to make it worth my while. <laughs> you know what I mean, A-Dub? I know exactly what you mean right there, bro. You going to go out with a bang. Bro, is that guns blaze? This man, dude, he takes L's and he's okay with it. Then he gets in front of the fucking media and says weird shit. I'm so sick and tired of him at the press conferences, man. I can't even tune into Zoom anymore because I'm like, you know what? And this is the problem with me being a media and, and along with you now. This team, I cannot separate my fandom from being a professional member of the media team. I will fuck around and ask him a really fucked up question. So for <laughs> me, sometimes, bro, I say, you know what, A-Dub, I can't, I can't be on that Zoom. I can't be asking questions. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> So I'll fuck around and get our whole shit revoked because I can't help it. You know what's funny about it, bro? I know you. I know how you get when it comes to the Bears, man. And because I know how much you care about the Chicago Bears. Everyone who loves Chicago Bears feel the same way. So you are not alone. I feel bad for some of the other media folks in there. But they don't ask the tough questions. No, they do not. <laughs> so that's my thing. You know how we operate, man. I like to ask questions of the fair. But, man, if somebody dropped the ball, I'm going to ask you about it. There's too many things that this guy continues to do that it leaves me scratching my head. I'm like, what went into that? Dominating. How do you end up losing that game? How did we get here? That would been my question. Coach, how did we get here? You haven't won a game in, against the NFC North in two years. What happened? Why is that? I don't want to hear no goddamn excuses. I want you to tell me why are we here right now? Why? So that's the thing. People need to be asking questions like that. Don't be skirting around it and being cute, A-dub, and asking them, oh, well, on this 
fourth and three play, you know, you get you guys started to do that. What went into that decision, coach? Fuck all that. Coach, why are we selling for field goals? Coach, how are we getting four turnovers on defense and we not converting those into touchdowns? Coach, we got the football and we got the chance to kill the clock. Why are we running the ball into the meat of the damn defense when they know that we're running the ball? We still going to try to slam the football up the fucking middle of the defense. Why? Why? It's sad. When you have two coaches on the same page and both their thought philosophy prayers is focused on being tentative, conservative, and you're blatantly running plays that are very obvious. And I'm talking about Luke Getze here. Like, come on, man. You're making it too obvious. I understand you may want to run the ball and kill some clock, but it's how you do it. So you got to run it right there, right there to the heart of them. No, you don't. You could let Justin Fields operate and do some things in the run game. Uh, That's what hello. he does. Uh, hello. And he <laughs> was killing the Lions, duh. Right. But that's when you look at the head coach, I'm sorry, Luke Getzey, and say, come on, man, you can do better than that. The game is not over. Okay. And the way, they were acting like the game was already over under four minutes. That's not the case. We still got a long way to go. You know, that's a lot of time left on that clock, Chris. You know that already. We got to continue to play the, the game that got us to this position. But see, A.W., you brought up a point here. And, and all this, I, I'm telling you, I'm trying to – A.W., you brought up a, a really good point about Lou Getze and Matty Bafloos having the same type of ideology. And that is the reason why both of their asses are going to get fired at the end of the season. Because it's the same losing mentality. It's the same mentality of, hey, we're going to play it safe. Right. Ain't no playing it safe. The Lions are one of the better teams in the NFL – you had a chance to knock them off on the road. You do whatever you got to do to fucking knock them off. Come on, man. Don't you want your first NFC North victory? What you got to lose? Because, again, like I said earlier, when you're coaching not to lose, it's going to happen anyway. Because how you were talking about catching up to other teams, well, guess what? That Detroit Lions offense, <laughs> once that Bears defense was soft coverage, mm. it was over. It was over. They picked us apart. And golf don't have to do too much. We talked about it in the preview part, all the weapons that they have on that offense. Come on, man. It wasn't just St. Brown. They were spreading that ball around on those last two drives. And don't even get me started on that running game. Montgomery oh. and Gibbs, boy, they was gashing us. Yes, that was disgusting. Were. But I got to go back on something you said, Prez. What's up? Talk that really – Tick me off. Why in the hell we in soft coverage anyhow? That makes absolutely no sense at that critical time of the game. You see that this Lions team got a little momentum. They're also desperate at that. While we're playing it to their hands, they're trying to score. They're trying to get some down there deep. While we're playing that soft to where we allow those type of plays to occur, you got to coach far better than that. That's part of it. But I mean, this is the thing, man. A lot of teams, they go soft shell coverage. I mean, that's what the Bears did there. They've done that a lot. The problem is for me was, yeah, that was part of the equation. But the second part of the equation is, why wasn't Montez Sweat on the field more? You basically <laughs> traded away a second-round draft pick. You gave this guy over $100 million, and you can't answer the media about why this guy wasn't on the field more? Now, when you look at teams like the Browns with Miles Garrett, 
Miles Jarrett is on the field 80% of the time, and that's what he's supposed to be because he's a game disruptor. And right. that's the same thing Montez Sweat is. But he should not only be playing like 60% of the snaps, and you have no good answer for it besides to tell us, oh, you want to keep guys fresh. You don't pay $100 million for a guy to be a situational role player pass rusher. He needs to be on the fucking field, especially a defense that struggles with the pass rush. Right. Guess what, A-Dub? He got a sack in the game. His first is a bear. I wonder what he would have done if he would have played more snaps. See? That's it right there. Lions kept Hutchinson out there. They didn't, they didn't say sub him out. They kept that guy out there to, hey, you're going to finish this game the right way. That's what he needs. Exactly. That's what we need sweat for. You're going to play this fourth quarter. If you haven't played much in the third quarter, okay. But that fourth quarter, automatically, this is your quarter, man. This is what a game is really going to be won at right here. You, We need our best out there. We need that pressure because golf is coming, you know. They are coming. We got to play that. And we are on the road at that, press. You got to bring it. You cannot talk about, oh, we're going to rest the guy and bring somebody else in who's fresher. That's not the case, man. You got to sing your best out there when the game is on the line at all costs. Hey, guess what? The $100 million man. I don't give a fuck freshness and stale. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll take my chances with the $100 million man over a third stringer. I'll tell you that much. But see, this is the thing that we continue to talk about. Coaching, decision-making, leadership. It's all fucked up. And what the end result is, is bad teams, A-Dub, always find a way to lose. And that's what this Bears team does. Under Matt Eberflus, that is what we've become. At least under the old coach. Now, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't sad when he left here. <laughs> but at least you felt like some energy with the team. You didn't feel like they, the locker room was kind of like lost. They rode with Nagy to the bitter end. I'm looking at this team now and I'm like, I don't really see too many people <laughs> looking like they're all in right now. A lot of these guys look frustrated as fuck. And again, what did I say on the last episode? I said, bruh. I feel for Justin Fields. This has to be an extremely frustrating season for him. Not only just personally, but you look at this team. He's not used to this level of losing. That's not who he is. Artists, look at his career. This man won at every level. Then he comes here to the NFL, and it's just been loss after loss after loss after loss. And that shit starts to seek into people. And you don't want guys that came here as winners to turn into some fucking losers. And that's what it is, man. And it's fucking sad, bro. This game here was a tough pill to swallow. I'm not going to lie to you. It was tough. This is a football game, A-Dub, they should have fucking won. Yes. Justin Fields was impressive, bro. When you forced the turnovers that we forced. Come on, now. Should have been five. Jalen Johnson, come on, bro. Yeah, should have been five for sure. But the fact that you're talking about the turnovers right there, Perez, of winning that battle... Man, that's important, and you will not talk about that as part of the keys that we can force golfing to turn the football over, and he did it at a high level. When you get that many turnovers, you are expected to win a football game, and you had those guys on their heels, man. I mean, your defense was playing lights out all the way up until the end, of course, but when you have things cooking like that, you got to take full advantage of it, and apparently the Bears wasted it. And then you talk about Justin Fields, man, because – all the speculations about him not being the future of the, of the Bears and about how he's performed early in the season 
and people were raving about Tyson Bajan that you and I talked about as well. And he come out there against the Detroit Lions and give it his all and play so well that even had Coach Campbell saying, hey, that guy keeps me up at night, you know. That just says a lot about Justin Fields and what he was able to do in that particular ball game. And also another thing, too, like to your point, all these different reports. Now we got reports before the game saying, oh, well, the organization, they're going to have to be knocked out by any of the QB prospects for them to draft someone over Justin. It's all this noise surrounding him. Right. And I'm telling you, that kid did a tremendous job of blocking out the noise, going out there in the field, and balling out. Again, for him. I'm not worried about no stats, dude. I'm looking at this guy, and I looked at how that offense moved. We yep. talked about in our preview show of pushing the ball down the field. What happened? DJ Moore, we we rediscovered him on the deep ball. <laughs> that ball that Justin Fields threw to DJ Moore was a thing of beauty. It sure was. It was a dart. Perfect. Right on the money. That kid is mentally tough. And that play right to the DJ Moore, man, that was awesome. No, it really was. And like I said, man, I, I don't want to just turn this into a, oh, we're just only praising Justin Fields thing. But I'm just really happy for him, man. Like I said, this has been a tough season. You could tell the guy out there. I saw a couple times where it looked like he was grimacing with that thumb. He's not 100%, but he's out there gutting it out, not only just for himself, but for the team. And you got to respect that, bro. You got to respect that. He made an instant impact, not only on the game, but on that team. They played with a little bit of different juice yesterday. Yeah. I like seeing that, especially on that offensive side of the ball. I mean, the comeback on your first drive and get a TD, the way Justin Fields did it with his legs and getting downfield, it just shows you that he had a little bit extra going on with him saying, look, I'm going to prove everyone wrong. I'm going to show you exactly how good I really am. And he came out there, man, and put the team on his back. Well, see, when I look at this ball game, A-Dub, and we talked about Lou Getze, but I feel like with Lou Getze, I'm not going to let him off the hook. Because for me, as much heat as I have for Matt Eberflus, I got to give even more heat towards Lou Getze because if he trusts his quarterback more and if he gave Justin Fields a little bit more leeway, a little bit more rope, A-Dub, this football game would have been a dub. They put the team in a hole instead of letting the offense go out there and win the football game. Think about how many other teams in the league, A-Dub, we see them in the two-minute offense. They go out there and get that first down, they sought that clock away. Yep. To the point that you made. Okay, fine. If you want to keep the ball on the ground, you got one of the most dynamic weapons in the damn NFL. Put the ball in his hands. Let him make a play. They don't do that. I wish somebody would ask that question. You keep the ball in the hands of the player that got you here. Mm-hmm. I got nothing against Dante Foreman or Herbert running the football, but you hit something earlier when you talked about situation. Hey, let's go with the star. The star is Justin Fields in this game. He's giving this Detroit Lions defense problems. Why not keep it in his hands and let him go ahead and make something happen? Simple as that. Let's make the game simple. Don't be so obvious. But to the point that I was making – Justin Fields was showing that rushing ability, bro. Yep. Went over 100 yards. They didn't have an answer for what he was doing out there. No, they didn't. No, not at all. So why not give him the football and that opportunity? The Lions have shown that they can't stop Justin Fields. But we don't give him the football. He done it before. 
He done in his last game. Why not continue that and let him finish the job? That's the simple thing for me. And I know that Luke Getze gets so caught up with his ways about what he wants to do. But come on, man. If you're trying to win a football game, let's do it the right way. Anybody that's evaluating Justin Fields, I feel like he deserves a giant check mark for game one in his return. Yes, he sir. did all the things that you expect from your franchise quarterback to do. He played one of his better games in the Chicago Bears uniform. And fuck the stats. Look at the command that he had of the offense, the confidence that he played with, how the offense was moving, the swagger that he was bringing out there. Those things fucking matter. He showed no signs of rust. What was my key? I wanted Justin Fields to go out there and not look like a quarterback that missed four games. He did not look like that whatsoever. And then to see Justin Fields pick up those, what, 30 rushing yards, bro, on that one play, then he started dancing. I'm like, man, this kid is feeling it right now. You got to say that this kid adds to the bell when it matters most. Now, and I know how the game ended with the strip sack. Aiden Hutchinson, you brought that up. Hey, Aiden Hutchinson, another guy we brought up in the preview pod, I was not surprised that he made a play because that's why you draft a guy like that, A-Dub, to go out there and make game-disrupting plays. And that's what he did there. He beat Darnell Wright, and <laughs> the rest was history. And people were sitting here talking about Justin Fields in the clutch doesn't get it done. What do you want him to do in that situation? He was dead in the water. <laughs> Seriously, bro, like 29 seconds left in the game. How much more you want the guy to do? You know, he got to wait till something open up. But he just didn't have the time, man. No, man, Hutchinson was there. He made a hell of a play. And I'm not going to sit up here and, and go after Darnell Wright. In my opinion, Darnell Wright played a phenomenal game on Sunday. I'm not going to go after him for one play. No, not at all, Perez. I mean, Darnell Wright was battling Hutchinson. I mean, he yes, made he some was. great plays out there. I'm like, look at Darnell Wright. Look at him, man. He ain't no rookie. This dude does not play like a rookie, man. And he gave... Hutchinson, a lot of problems, man. And you got to give it to your right tackle. You got one for the future for sure. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over there on left tackle, man. I, when I saw <laughs> Braxton Jones going off the field and said he couldn't, what he said, he couldn't see, and he, he's pissed off slamming the helmet. I'm like, I don't know what's going on over there on left tackle. But right tackle, <laughs> we good. <laughs> yeah, man, I feel bad for my boy Braxton Jones on that particular play. I'm glad he was able to come back. But well, this shows you, and he's one of those guys that you can see that really wants to compete. I was making like a, just a little joke on him. Braxton Jones played a good game on Sunday. He was effective with keeping those Lions edge rushers uh, out of Justin's face, just like Darnell Wright did. I thought our offensive line and pass protection, all I asked for was for them to protect Justin the same way that they protected Tyson. And I thought they did a really good job, man. Really good job. But you look at the tackles for the Bears. At one point, that was the weakness on this offensive line. And I think when you look at this season, they've been the biggest surprise, especially with Darnell Wright's doing that at right tackle. I continue to rave about this kid, but this kid is playing at a Pro Bowl level. And I'm not just saying that. Fire up the film. The kid is a fucking stud. But it's also good to see that this offensive line has finally got healthy for us. It's good to see this unit out there together. You're starting to see some good things. Of course, you already know from Darnell Wright, but it's good to see something from Braxton Jones as well. We already know about Tevin Jenkins, what he's been able to do. So it's just good to see it all come together, man. And the offensive line has been playing well as of lately. I think the biggest thing, though, just to really 
disappointed me from this game was that you saw the flashes from this Bears offense. You saw the potential of what this offense could be. All of the things that we talked about with that connection between DJ Moore and Justin, that shit's obvious. Justin's first game back, DJ Moore lighting up the fucking scoreboard again, right? And it's going to be really good to see for these last six games what DJ Moore and Justin are going to be able to do. But however, it was such a mixed bag because, again, I feel like Luke Getzey got so conservative because he doesn't trust the quarterback. He didn't want him to make any mistakes. And they got really, really stale at what they were calling out there. The momentum that they had in that first half and the majority of the football game, that shit disappeared. I mean, you got to think about this, bro. Last two possessions, the Bears produced one yard. They pretty much gave that lead back to Detroit. And I know everybody will sit here and they'll say, oh, man, but that throw to Tyler Scott. Well, guess what? That was a good ball. If Tyler Scott didn't stop running, he could have caught that. You know who would have caught that? DJ Moore would have caught that. You know who else would have caught that? Marvin Harrison Jr. would have caught that. Ooh. Just trying to tell you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and the play calling, it was suspect for sure on those last couple drives. But when you got a chance to cash in with a play like that to Tyler Scott, Tyler Scott, you got to make that, man. If he make that catch, I That's do agree I with Justin Fields. Game over. Bears should be able to move on and win that game. But he doesn't. Tyler Scott let him down. Like it's I tough. said, man, it's, it's a tough play, right? But my whole thing is you're in the National Football League. That's why they're paying you the big bucks. They're paying you to make those plays. And again, DJ Moore would have made that play. So my thing is every ball is not going to be perfect. Every ball is not going to be pinpoint. Sometimes as a wide receiver, you got to go up there and get that shit. Yeah. That's what separates the Justin Jeffersons and the and the CD Lambs of the NFL. Those are the guys that go out there and they make shit happen. And that's why I threw out that name, Marvin Harrison Jr. I pray for Lord they better draft him next season. Mercy. That kid's a talent. Anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Defensive side of the ball, A-Dub, give me one of your takeaways. I like how the Bears defense play in the secondary. I know you and I talked about them, right? How, what they need to do to help this defense slow down golf. Up into the fourth quarter, they were on point. I mean, think about it. You saw some interceptions out there. You also mentioned about the uh, linebackers getting involved in coverage. They played well. They played their part. I mean, the defense done some very good things to throw golf off. And they forced him into throwing several interceptions. We saw two that came from, you know, the linebackers. So it just tells you right there that the game plan, for the most part, was right on point. I mean, A-Dub, I mean, 100%, that's kind of one of the main things that, that I liked out there. In the preview show, we talked about our linebackers, T.J. Edwards. Tremaine Edmonds came back, right? We, we yep. talked about those guys being able to cover. And they showed you they could not only cover – but they made plays out there, both linebackers. This defense did a really good job of forcing Goff into throwing picks. He threw three of them in the game. And I'm going to also give some kudos to special teams. Yeah. The turnover they created there on Craig Reynolds. Forcing turnovers is an ingredient for any winning football team to have success. 
Unfortunately, our Chicago Bears don't know what to do when they win the turnover battle, but generally, A-Dub, that's a recipe for success. Act like you've been here before. And the Bears did not act like they've been there before the way they handled getting those turnovers. You thought it would have ignited the offense enough to get touchdowns, but it didn't do that, bro. But on the other hand, you like how the defense showed up. Listen, you, you already brought it up. The defense did their thing for a majority of the football game. However, fourth quarter, that defense, it was bad. They couldn't stop the Lions from doing anything the Lions wanted to do. It was typical Bears fashion how they fell apart. So, yeah, I know we went soft vanilla coverage to the Maddie Refuse special. But this is my thing to you, A-Dub. Jalen Johnson had a couple times in this ballgame to make plays that could have sealed the deal. True. Think about earlier in the game. He had a chance for a pick six. What happened? He did. He dropped it pretty much. He had this hand, had a good jump on it, Perez. Soon he touched the ball. I don't think he's going to take this back six, bro. He drops it. I'm like, come on, man. And right after that, what happened? Gills rushed the ball in for a touchdown. That's you exactly gotta... my point. That's exactly my fucking point. I'm not going to come after Jalen Johnson because he's a good player. But great players, they make plays like that. And that's my whole point. It's level citizen in this league. You want to go out there and get your paper? Well, you got to make plays like that. Imagine what that pick six would have done. He really could have been talking about some show me the money. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, Darrell Revis wasn't going to drop that. Deion Sanders, right, he wasn't going to drop that. Come on, man. Champ Bailey, he wasn't going to drop that. So if you want to be in that class with some of these elite corners that we talk a lot about, who we rave about doing a great job, you got to do that kind of thing right there, Jalen Johnson, especially if you're talking about you want to get paid, man. I'm all for you getting your money. But this is another thing why I'm coming after Ibafus because – he made the decision not to trust his talented corners. Why not let Jalen Johnson go out there and play man? Why are we playing this soft coverage with the game on the line? You right. just allowed the Lions to march you down the field because, again, you're playing scared. You should have been more aggressive there. Trust the guy. He had no more corner in his league. Your linebackers. Why not have them spying? You did nothing to put any of your playmakers in a position to make a fucking play out there. And again, that's why we lost this ball game. You pay a price, A-Dub, when you play scared. He coached scared. Yeah. And that's crazy, though, man. We're talking about a coach is scared because in a game where your defense plays so well, you cannot coach that way. And to that play you talked about that involved Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson when they gave oh, up that touchdown God. to Williams. I'm like, come on, fellas. How do you two get confused on who – Covering who? Come on, man. You cannot give up an easy touchdown like that. I mean, they got a touchdown with like a minute or so, Perez. <laughs> oh, yeah. That shit was quick. Yeah, very quick. And I'm like, come on, fellas. Where are you at? Where's the pressure? We've been getting pressure on golf pretty much the majority of this game. You got to look at your head coach and say, Eberflus, what's up, man? You got to get your defense back ready for something like this here, man. To let your defense fold like that, bro, that's atrocious. And again, who was the guy that punctuates the game for the Lions? David Montgomery. Montgomery. <laughs> and you know what? Part of me, I sat there and I said, you know what? Good for him. You and I talked a lot about him, and we raved about how great he was with the Chicago Bears, with his demeanor, the way he handled so many obstacles, and also the way he ran the football as well. So when he did that, I'm like, you know what, man? I got no beef with you, bro. Do your thing. You got one.
I wish it had been different. And the Chicago Bears were going on getting the victory. You got my respect. You've earned it. All that hard work paid off. And now you're in a good situation to be great. So salute to you, man. That's all I can say to him, Prez. So you talked about that touchdown to Jamison Williams. And this is another thing for me. This is a kid that's very talented, but has had very limited impact for the Lions so far. They've been trying to figure out how to unlock him. And guess who unlocks him? The Chicago Bears defense. <laughs> now, I don't know what the hell's going on with Eddie Jackson, but when you see a play like that, you're just like, bro, what are you looking at? Was he staring in the backfield on that one? How does that happen? That should never happen. You're a veteran in this league. That should never be a thing that we're seeing from a guy that's been around and played at all pro level at one point. It's ridiculous, man. Come on. You see it. You see the formation. You're seeing what happened. Of course, Dylan Johnson cannot cover two players by himself. <laughs> you got to be there to help him out. Guess what? That play happened. I got to give props to the Detroit Lions run defense because going into this matchup, Dante Foreman was killing teams running the football. Khalil Herbert returned to the lineup. And you saw that Detroit Lions defense, they were ready. And that was the thing that we were talking about in the preview pod, that matchup with the Bears running backs going against that Lions front that I told people about. They're stouts. Yep. That's what they do. They stop the run, and that's what they did against us. The only person they couldn't stop from a running perspective was Justin Fields. And Luke Getty went away from that in the fourth quarter. Why? <laughs> they have not been able to stop him in three games in his career. If it's not broke, don't try to fix the shit. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Keep giving him the football. Coach already telling you, Prez, he has not figured out how to stop Justin Fields from running the football. You stick with that. And you hit on the head, man. We talked about how tough it was going to be for our running backs. We knew that Khalil Herbert and Foreman is probably going to have a tough time running the football. Okay, we found someone else who can do it much better in this game here. Let him continue to eat, man. Got to look at Luke Getzey and say, come on, bro. I'm very disappointed in you on how you handle this game without letting Justin Fields be great. And I want to give him some slight credit. And I'll say this. And it's going to be shocking for people to hear me say this. I <laughs> thought that he called a decent game overall. Yeah. The game plan that he had early on, it catered to Justin Fields' strengths. The design runs. The nice play-action plays. We got vertical with the football. That's how Justin likes to get down. But also, the supporting cast. We saw Darnell Mooney out there making some plays. Cole Komet, Equinemi, and St. Brown. That's what you need to see for this offense to be working at its best. It can't just be the DJ Moore show. As much as I would like that to be the case, you got to spread the football around it. So I thought, for the most part, he was solid there. Yeah. However, Lou Getty gets away from the things that work well. That possession that I talked about, it was a very key possession where they decide to run the ball twice with Khalil Herbert, up the gut, that does absolutely nothing. Nothing. And then third down, you know, there's that 50-50 ball to Tyler Scott. On a play like that, it's just like, I mean, I don't know what to say. Third <laughs> and one, I'm giving that ball to Justin in space and saying, go get that first down, let's fucking milk this clock. Those first two plays on that possession – were concerning, Prez. I understand you knew that once you run the football, you're going to force Detroit Lions to take a timeout. We know that. Mm -hmm. But you got to know how you're going to 
manage the game, we're running the football. Do you want to run it like that? Or do you want to let Justin Fields continue to do his thing? And I just don't understand what Lou Getz was really thinking on those first two plays for us to run it with Herbert. Because we know that Herbert wasn't really getting off in this game. That's a given. You will not keep talking about that, Perez. So that means you got to do something else that just might work. I do like the third down play, no doubt, Perez. But we could have had a better play had we got some positive yards on first and second down. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I think at this point, <laughs> looking ahead with this football team, I know I didn't want to talk about it earlier, but I think that the only thing that we have to look forward to is draft position. I just hate talking like that, man, because that's just that taking, losing mentality, and that's why I don't even want to contribute to that on this show, but that's literally the only thing that we have to look forward to, besides maybe some flashes from the offense and maybe Justin proving that he's the guy. But, I right. mean, what else do we have to look forward to? It's just like anytime we get our hopes up with this team, it just ends a disappointment. And that's the sad part because the players do care, in my opinion. I mean, I know players like Justin Fields who want to do great, they want to win, and they have came out to prove to you that losing is frustrating to them. So, Perez, it's tough, man, to watch this team continue to sink. To your point, not going anywhere this season, but it's tough on the players who have to go through the motions of losing every game. They have to go out there and show up every game and try to play their best to no avail. All right, man. We're going to switch it over here to some game balls and try to end this show with some positive vibes. Hey, <laughs> who was getting your game ball on offense, son? DJ Moore. Okay, Got to give it to DJ Moore. And I know he was out there as a warrior, but that third and 12, that catch, when he broke that tackle on Joseph. Oh, that was nice. That was beautiful. I said, you cannot contain DJ Moore. Someone say he's like a running back once he catches. I mm -hmm. said, absolutely, man. Those are hard running yards right there. And that's earning every inch. Got to give it to him on that. And of course, you know, that catch, that TD catch that you talked about earlier, that was a beauty. Got to give it to DJ Moore. He was the backbone for Justin Fields. He was a very good target for him. And he helped drive that offense. I mean, honestly, A-Dub, that was one of my favorite highlights in that game was seeing him get the ball, know where the first down marker is, break tackles, and make a play there. And playing with that passion. Dude, that's your wide receiver. Your franchise number one wide receiver that's out there. Not He looked like Cole Komet, how Cole Komet be not wanting to go down. Right. That's how DJ Moore was on that play. That type of stuff is infectious. And to your point, that shows you there's guys on this team that want to win. There's guys on this team that want to compete. And that's what you love to see. I wish we saw more of that. And seeing a guy like DJ Moore, where the Bears are winning or losing, just going out there with that passion and bringing his A game every game, man, that's just a lot about DJ Moore and what he brings to the table. My game ball is going to Justin Fields. Like I said, man, he was terrific in this ball game. First game back since October 15th. With all the bullshit and all the noise that's been surrounding this guy. With all the folks that wanted to replace him with Tyson Beijing. I thought Justin Fields did a really good job of showing people what time it was. That he's QB1. That if the game plan is catered around what he does best, he's going to show you that dual threat ability and the reason why the Bears drafted him in the first place. Again, we know that these final six games are going to be a nice little audition for Justin Fields to show 
if he's going to be here beyond 2023, A-Dub, and I thought that game against the Lions was a hell of a first step. The way he ran the football, the way he even threw the football, I mean, he knew where he was going with it. He was decisive. He just was in his bag. And the way he actually gave that Detroit Lions fits says a lot about Justin Fields. And coming back after missing games that you talked about earlier, bro, to come out and perform that way says a lot about Justin Fields. All right, man. Defense, who's getting your game ball? Tyreek Stevenson is getting my game ball. I mean, I love that interception by him. That's one. But then he also was the one who forced that fumble on kickoff. Got to give that kid a lot of credit, man. I said, look, Tyreek Stevenson came ready to play, bro. Hey, that's a great recipient, man. Like I said, the rookie, and this is a guy that's been challenged a lot this season because that's what happens. You're a rookie corner in this league, but you're also playing opposite of a Jalen Johnson, right? So right. he's taking his lumps. But I tell you what, they man, he has developed right before our eyes. Now, he's another guy that dropped the pick last week. But he made up for it this week. Getting this <laughs> <laughs> that he did, bro. He's getting better. For me, my defensive game ball is going to Tremaine Edmonds. I've been telling the audience that I was curious to see how he would look in a defense with Montez Sweat. Well, I got my answer. If only they would have fucking played Montez Sweat more. Yeah. But I thought that Tremaine Edmonds made a really good impact. He had the second most tackles on the day from the defense, and he got that pick on Jared Goff. The fact that he's back, looks like he's healthy, of course, Prince. Can't say he's not. He looked good, man. And now this defense is really coming together with Sweat that you talked about. Man, I could just see him making some more big-time plays. And I'm just looking forward to the future, to see how it work between T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds along with Sweat and those boys, man. This defense, man, is coming to form up there. And T.J. Edwards, I mean, he, he's showing you right there that he was one of the better free agent additions that they made to the team, which is not surprising because when we did our recap, that was the one that I told you guys, audience, that I was most excited about as far as that free agent crop was concerned. He is showing us everything that he's about. He played phenomenally as well. He could also easily have gotten the game ball from us. Yep. He led the team in tackles, as he's been doing all season. He's been so consistent, bro. That's his standard. He's going to always do that, right? He's going to have to do something exceptionally, exceptionally well for me to say, oh, let's give it to TJ Edwards because he's been so consistent. But the fact that he set the bar high, and I want to continue doing that. Who is your underperformer, your bear down for week 11? I don't want to pick on him, but I got to pick on Tyler Scott because yeah, he missed that. that. Talk that shit, boy. Because <laughs> he missed that catch. He should have caught that, right? You're a wide receiver. Look, it's like a fly ball. You're expecting your outfit to catch the fly ball, bro. You're expecting that, right? You're a wide receiver. You've seen plays like that happen millions of times, man. You got to catch that. There's no way you need to be slowing down. Go and get that ball. That's one. But two, that turnover, bro. Oh, I did God. not like that at all. I'm like, okay, you don't want to catch the ball. Now when you do have the ball in your hands, you're turning over. Come on, bro. I don't care if you're a rookie or a first, second year or third year player. Don't make a difference to me. Those are plays you got to make and be better in. That's the thing. It's another one of Ryan Poser's draft picks. Now, am I am I down on, on Tyler Scott? No, but I need to see more. Right. I need to see the guy that we saw glimpses of, of success with in the preseason, a guy that we saw making plays. I haven't seen that to start this season. The guy has tremendous speed. I mean, on that play, you can see he had a little separation. Yeah. But it's just like, we need to see more than that. 
We need to see you evolving into a weapon in this offense. Because as we talk about guys like Darnell Mooney, what's going to happen with him? Well, the organization right now is like, we got to probably re-sign Darnell Mooney because this rookie ain't ready. Right. They already made the decision on Chase Claypool, so it's like <laughs> the opportunity is there, but he's not taking advantage of it. And those are plays right there that you want to see a kid learn and grow. And you got to make those kind of plays right there if you want to get playing time, man. That's kind of what it is. You want those reps. You want those snaps. You got to make those type of plays, man. And if you want to be, be a player, a weapon for Justin Fields, go out there and earn it. No one's going to give anything to you, kid. So go out there next game. If you give an opportunity to go out there again, hey, make the play. Underperformer. My bear down. It's Matty Bruce. <laughs> Captain of the ship, ain't eh, dope. I mentioned earlier, bad teams always find a way to lose. Yes. Well, who's responsible for that? Your head coach. It's true. Matt Eberflus is the reason why this is a bad football team. The Bears had no business losing the game when they had a two-score lead in the fourth quarter. But again, the fans, I was looking at what people were saying on Twitter. Even myself, I was sitting over there watching that shit, and I was nervous. Do you think the Kansas City Chiefs fans are nervous when their team is up two scores with, with five minutes left in the fourth quarter? Fuck no. Not at all. That's part of the problem. That is why he's bothered to perform. This guy, when the tough gets going, he folds. Now, the silver lining for most of us that want this guy out of here, this loss probably pretty much seals his deal that he's fired at the end of this season. I mean, there's no way Ryan Poles can ignore what the fuck happened. I mean, that was awful. That was really, really fucking bad. And your head coach can't rally your troops up to help you gain some momentum while you up two scores? Come on, man. I don't know what to say, especially for a defense that's been looking sharp the majority of their game. So fold like that, you got to point your fingers in the right direction. That's all on Eberflus. All on him. Dixon 22 record in his two seasons so far. The guy has never won back-to-back -back games. He has <laughs> never defeated a team in NFC North, A-Dub. He checks the boxes of everything that you see in a bad coach. <laughs> There's no aggressiveness in his decisions. He doesn't trust his defense. How do we not send the blitz there at crunch time to give some pressure on, on Jerry Goff? Time management. How many times have we seen him and we're like, what is he doing there with the clock? A lot of times, man. Eberflus has a shitty resume with the Chicago Bears. And there's no other way we can look at it, bro. You called all up the stats. You called out all the plays he done screwed up on. That's a lot, man. So when you mess up that much, it's not a good look for you as a head coach. And it'll be a shocker if you remain with this team at the end of the season. Now nah, he's gone. But my point is, when I look at the Kevin Warren and, and Ryan Poles, I'm looking at them a little bit differently because they should also be held accountable for allowing this head coach to continue to embarrass this franchise. So my small underperformer, I'm not going to keep saying the same shit about this guy. You guys know <laughs> this product is a bad product. We know who's at the helm of this bad product. So at this point, it is what it is.
and it sucks at this point. Funny enough, the Chicago Bears will not be playing on Thanksgiving, so they cannot ruin our Thanksgiving plans. Because I'll tell you one thing, if they would have sat up here on Thanksgiving and shit the bed like that, sorry, that would have just ruined my meal. Like, I'm, I don't have to worry about that. I can watch other teams and just kick back and enjoy myself, bro. I do not want to be thinking about the Bears while I'm carving the turkey, man. I do not. I will fuck that turkey up, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Well, listen, man, we got another primetime matchup coming up against the, the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football, bro. Hey, Joshua Dobbs, man, he has been a success story, man. The guy has been traded to damn near every team in the NFL, and all he keeps <laughs> doing is fucking showing teams that he can be successful. Yep. And that Minnesota Vikings team has not missed a beat where Kirk Cousins is going down. And guess what? Justin Jefferson is probably on his way back. So great. Good news for the Chicago Bears, as oh, usual. That don't make anything any better right there, praise. <laughs> yes, sir. But, hey, but listen, all this, we're going to get you guys with a preview pie a little bit later in the week. But for now, all being A-Dub but thinking about is Thanksgiving, having some time with the loved ones, and just really, really, really finding things to be grateful for because this Chicago Bears season and this team, ah, goodness gracious. We deserve better. That's all I'm going to say. I'm with you, Prez, 1,000%. To everyone out there who've been listening to Prez and Dub, hey, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your day with your loved ones. Have a good time and be thankful for all the great blessings you've got that you've received over the years. Hey, well said, hey, Dub. Audience, on to Minneapolis, we are out.